Welcome. You are listening to Copland. Copland is about the life and times of our protectors and defenders, police, fire, EMS, medical trauma units, and the military. The underappreciated doing the unthinkable for the often ungrateful. I am Jay Dobbins, and I'll be your host. In each season, we will hear three episodes featuring extraordinary heroes, amazing personal experiences that will inspire and uplift you. Sometimes they might shock you. The highs and lows, the successes and the failures, told in their own words and all experienced during their personal journey of sacrifice to make the world a safer place. This is Copland. introduce you I'm gonna say this is a friend of mine that means you're connected guy now if I said instead this is a friend of ours that would mean you were made guy I capiche when lefty brought Donnie into his world who's this guy this Donnie a friend of mine he took a risk on a kid he hardly knew and I'm gonna have to school you my friend school me in what why this guy never carries his money in a wallet, is he? Always in a roll. Bina on the outside. He gave him his trust. You gotta get rid of that mustache. And get yourself a pair of pants. Just, just like me. He loved him like a son. Nobody can touch you because I represent you. Keep your nose clean, follow the rules, be a good owner, and maybe one day when they open the books, you become a wise guy. I'd die with you, Donnie. But he never knew the truth. There's a war going on in that Mafia family, and that is where Joe is undercover. Donnie! Come here! I want to know where my husband is. We don't know. You're going to freeze up? No. A lot of guys freeze up. He said it was going to be three months. It's going on three years. Who he's with and who he's close to, they're all the top dogs now. He's right in the line of fire. There was a rat in flower that done. You know what to do when you find that rat, right, Left? Could be I found him already. This is life and death, Donnie. It's no joke. In our thing, you go in alive, you come out dead, and it's your best friend that does it. You have got to pull him out. You think I'm a rat? How many times I have you into my own house? If you're a rat, then I'm the biggest mutt in the history of the Mafia. If I come out, Lefty dies. They're gonna kill him because he vouched for me, because he stood up for me. That's the same thing as if I put a bullet in his head myself. Do you understand? I'm a spoke on a wheel, and so are you. Hey, Don. Yeah. Let's take a walk. I'm your best friend. The film and book made him a celebrity. His boots-on-the-ground investigative work made him a legend. His name is Joe Pistone. Most of us know him by his undercover persona, Donnie Brasco. As an FBI agent, Joe, playing his role as Don the Jeweler, set an all-time high-bar standard for long-term infiltration. You got you to hold up your end, you know what I'm saying? How much is this? Donnie, you got something on your phone? Over here, what are you doing? I don't know, how about five dollars? Yeah. You're doing an amazing job, you know. What? I mean, we all think so. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, can I ask you something? What? What's forget about it? What is that? Forget about it. It's like, uh, if you agree with someone, you know, like Raquel Welch is one great piece of ass. Forget about it. But then, if you disagree, like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac, forget about it. You know? 
But then it's also like if something is the greatest thing in the world, like Mingiro's peppers, forget about it, you know? <laughs> but it's also like saying go to hell, too. Like, you know, like, uh, hey, Bully, you got a one-inch pecker, and Bully says, forget about it. Forget about it. Bully, forget about it. <laughs> Sometimes it just means uh, forget about it. All right. Thank you very much. I got it. Let me tell you something. I don't get this bow for Lefty. What? Forget about it. Fucking forget about it. J. Edgar Hoover, the iron fist that built the FBI, was not a fan of undercover work. He feared that the lifestyle was too corrupting for his agents. Joe's work helped change his mind. I came in the uh, FBI under Mr. Hoover, and I did do, and we had guys doing undercover, you know, undercover work under Mr. Hoover, just not on a large scale. It was basically, you know, office to, you know, uh, field office to field office. Uh, but, yeah, he felt that, uh, you know, he wanted to keep his agents as far as way uh, away uh, of possible getting corrupt as he could. Uh, so that, that, that is a pretty fair statement. In the film version of Joe's story, he was portrayed by actor Johnny Depp. That kind of celebrity attention can bring with it a heavy burden. Joe pays his acclaim forward by educating those still on the job. You know, I get kind of embarrassed sometimes because, you know, you know, Jay, it's like you, 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 all the stuff you did with ATF, you know, you did it because it was your job, you know. You didn't do it for, for notoriety or, you know, or, or praise. You did it because that was your job, and that's the way I felt. Uh, and, you know, what, what I feel now is I, I, I feel I do have uh, an obligation to uh, to go into undercover schools and and uh, and you know give out give lectures and give advice on how to work you know how to infiltrate uh, and once you've infiltrated how to stay alive uh, so that's that's basically if, if there is any pressure that's it making sure that I can get I can get these uh, these tips and facts out to young undercovers, because as, as you know, young undercovers, young, young officers, you know, I, I teach so many undercover schools and give so many lectures, both domestic and, and, and foreign. And the young, the young officers, you know, they're brought up on TV. They believe a lot of this stuff on, you know, these cop shows on TV, you know, um, and they really don't have, uh, not that they don't have the knowledge, but they don't take the time to study their targets. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of the art of war. You know, know your enemy. And it's amazing in how many uh, schools that I do teach and lecture at, uh, and I ask them, you know, I'll ask an individual, well, you did this undercover, did an undercover job. What did you do first learning about your target? Well, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the individual that, that was handling the case, you know, gave me the individual's name and uh, this is what they wanted me to do. Well, did you do any background on this individual? Did you find out if they were violent? Did you find out, 
you know, what the prior arrests were for, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, most of the time the answer is no. Another question is how many of you have gone out on an undercover deal without any, any uh, ID? Well, you know, the hands go up, well, why didn't you? Well, it, it, you know, it, it was the first time I was going to meet the individual and I was with an informant, you know, and the informant was going to vouch for me. I said, yeah, but what do you do when, you know, if you come up against a subject that says, you know, you tell me your Joe bag of donuts, but let me see your driver's license. That they forget all the things that are going to, one, help them infiltrate, but more importantly, stay safe. Stay safe, you know, and one of the things that I do try to impart is, hey, look, you know what you know what a, a successful meet is? A successful meet is you're being able to go back and meet that person again and you leave the meet alive. That's successful. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to make the score the first time you meet. Joe's street experience began early, and it easily translated to one of his first assignments in a vehicle theft unit. Well, during my college years, uh, during the summers, I drove 18-wheelers across the country. Uh, so that gave me a leg up because, you know, not many, uh, not many college guys are driving 18, 18-wheelers, you know. Uh, and uh, it, it also helped me in one of one undercover job I had where I infiltrated a group of car thieves. Uh, and that was an eight, about an 18 month undercover operation. And, uh, basically what we did was, uh, you came to us and, uh, you put your order in. I want a Mercedes Benz. Okay. What color do you want? What kind of interior, you know, what color, what kind of interior do you want? What are all the extras you want? And then we go to a car lot and hook it. Uh, we even, you know, and my, my truck driving experience came in because we had companies, um, that, that, uh, came, came to us and, uh, wanting, uh, tractors, you know, they place an order for a tractor and we go in and, and, and I'd hook the tractor and drive it away. Uh, so, and that's another thing too, is that a lot of, a lot of young undercovers, they don't realize that if you say that you can drive a truck, you better be able to drive a truck, you know. If you say you can you can hook a car, you better know how to how to hook a car. And I don't mean, you know, break the window and, you know, I'm talking about getting under it and, and disabling what you have to disable and, and, uh, and, and wiring it up. Uh, if you say you're a jewel thief, you better know jewels and precious gems. In Joe's infiltration of the Mafia, he played the role of a jewel thief. He did his background and trained himself to be a credible expert. A jewel thief has to know how to pick locks. A jewel thief has to know how to bypass alarms. A jewel thief has to know about safes. So I went to school. I, w I went to Zales, a uh, course that Zales have, uh, and learned about diamonds and precious gems. I spent time with a friendly jeweler, in, you know, with his diamond guy. Uh, and you know, that was for several months. And, and then when I felt confident that, uh, when I felt confident that 
that I could, you know, discuss diamonds, precious gems. Then the next thing was, uh, how do you get in? And, uh, so now, you know, it was locks. Uh, I had I had been, you know, uh, with with another government agency before, so I knew. And in that government agency, I, I learned about lock picking. But I still had our guys. When I say our guys, I'm talking about the FBI. I had, you know, our tech guys, you know, brush me up on that, and they brushed me up on uh, on on uh, on uh, alarms, security alarms, and they also, you know went over safes for me because most guys, most undercovers that, you know, they get, they get found out because they start talking about something they don't know anything about. Joe's diligence to perfect his cover story served him well. His expertise became his calling card. I never told anybody I was a jewel thief. How that came about was, uh, I, I, I spent I spent several months in different bars and restaurants that the gangsters the gangsters hung out in, and hopefully get you know ingratiate myself. Well, you know, you don't walk into a mob joint, you know, American you know mafia, and say, "Hey, I'm Donnie Brasco, jewel thief. I want to, you know, I want to join up with you." It doesn't work that way. But with the mob, you never introduce yourself by your full name. It's either your first name or your nickname. Even those who have worked ultra-long-term infiltrations are in awe of Joe's investigation. He remained in role for an unprecedented six years. Joe talks about what drove him. You know yourself that, that guys, you know, undercovers like us that, that have infiltrated uh, uh, criminal organizations that are dangerous, that, that are killers, kill people, uh, it all, it all comes down to that that mental toughness that that most people you know uh, don't have. All right, uh, you have you have the ability, and and that mental toughness is you have the ability to stay focused. You have the ability to know you know to know your organization, to know uh, why you're there. Uh, and that, you know, to me, you know, it's a job, you know, uh, and you take, you know, every day's a, every day's a, a new day, you know, uh, and you just you just have to have a commitment. You have to be committed to your organization and you have to be committed to the investigation. The public believes that Joe's investigation was focused on the Bonanno crime family. It was much broader than that. During his assignment, he touched all five of the New York crime families climbing through their hierarchy. Joe speaks to how he accomplished that. Yeah, actually, the first family was, uh, well, like I said, that was Lucchese's, that, that one guy. And then he introduced me to the Columbos. And uh, I spent like two or three months with the Columbos. And then I got into a beef with, with two Columbo guys. Uh, I got into a fight with, with two Colombo guys. Uh, and again, you know, you have to know your enemy uh, and you, you have to know uh, if there are rules and regulations within that group. 
and within the in, within the Italian mafia, they do have rules. Some will get you killed, and some won't. One of them will get you killed is you don't you, you can't uh, embarrass a made guy or a wise guy in front of other people. And the other one is you can't lay your hands on a made guy. No matter what the made guy does to you, if you're not a made guy, uh, you can't lay your hands on him. And as you know, uh, when you're in a deep cover situation and you've infiltrated a, uh, a group that is violent, one, you're going to get into verbal confrontations because everybody doesn't like you. And, and you know, and they may lead to, uh, to physical confrontations. Uh, and at times, you you know, look, the two things you have to maintain is, is your credibility and your respect. Uh, so even though you know you can't insult this main guy in his verbal confrontation, you gotta you know you gotta stand your ground uh so you're walking a thin line uh, and with these two guys that I had a beef with in the Columbos, one was a made guy and one wasn't, and they called me out uh we had a sit down uh so after this you know four and a half hour sit down um I had a you know I couldn't just shake hands with these guys because it's like. Why isn't Donnie pissed off, you know? So the only thing they understand in this stage is is a confrontation. So I had to smack the guy that wasn't a made guy. Uh, so now, I'm, you know, I'm fighting two guys here, but I can't hit the guy that's a made guy. So, you know, he's wailing, he's wailing on me, but uh, the only guy I could hit is, is a non-made guy. So, <laughs> you know. Murder and violence were everyday life for Joe during his investigation. People that he had befriended were assassinated simply as a cost of doing business. Well, to be honest with you, Jay, it, 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 look, I didn't want to see anybody get killed. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's not, it wasn't my job or it, not our job as undercovers to get anybody killed, but I had no, you know, I didn't lose any sleep over it, to be honest with you, because they chose that life. You know, nothing I did made those guys be gangsters. They were all gangsters before I got there. And uh, they know the life. Uh, hey, you know, in, in, in that life, if you're told to kill somebody and it's your cousin or your brother, you got to do it. I mean, you know, one of my partners, you know, killed his own son-in-law because he had the contract to kill his son-in-law. So uh, it, 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 it's their life. It was, you know, and they knew it. They grew up in it. Um, so I didn't lose sleep over anybody that I knew, you know, that I that got that got killed, you know, uh, during the hits. What is unique to Joe's infiltration, his credibility so extreme, he was able to broker together several crime elements in furtherance of their syndicates, all while avoiding entrapment. Well, I think one of the things left out, which which is left out a lot, is that during this case, uh, several important things happened. 
not only not only did I have dealings with all the families in New York, right? But I was able to marry the Bonanno family with the family in Milwaukee in a, in, in a business. Now, for people that know the mafia, you know, there's a whole... There's, there's a whole list of things that you have to do to get hooked up with another family. Uh, families can't can't go conduct illegal business in other families' territories. Uh, it doesn't happen. You have to go through a, a, a big process. Uh, and and we did. So that that's one accomplishment. Besides it, besides the the five New York families, now I'm able to marry. The Bananos with the Milwaukee family going through Chicago. So the Chicago family's involved. Okay? Now, when we go to Florida, I'm able to marry the Bananos again with the with the Florida family whose boss was Santo Traficante. Uh, again, this is a long process, you know, too long for, for this segment of your of your show, but you know, we can go through it another time, but it, it, it's something that has never been done, you know, uh, especially the FBI marrying, marrying these families together to conduct illegal business. Uh, it, you know, it's unprecedented. It hasn't happened, never happened before. And it hasn't happened since. And what we were bringing together were, were crimes that they were involved in prior Prior, we just brought them together, you know, to to work in bus- in, in this these businesses that were, you know, uh, they were they were legal but illegal, you know. Uh, so no, there was no entrapment. Uh, I've never lost a case on entrapment, Jay. I've, we, I've had like over seventeen trials and not one over two hundred and forty some convictions, and not uh, never lost a case. Never lost a a, uh, a subject uh, to, in in entrapment. Never. Joe rose to such a level of respect in the mob that he was proposed for full membership to the La Cosa Nostra. The reason that that I, I wanted to stay, uh, and that, and that's not my mo because every undercover case that I ever worked, when it was over, it was over. But I have been proposed for membership into the Bonanno family. I mean, that's how deep and trusted I have become with the Bananos. And, you know, my sponsor was a guy by the name of Sonny Black Naplatano, who at the time was one of the street bosses of the Bonano family because uh, the boss at the time, Rusty Rizzelli, was in jail. Uh, and Sonny had proposed me for membership. I had passed all the... Uh, the other captains in the family to, to, you know, to get inducted. I was gonna, I was going to get inducted in December, and then what happened was in May, uh, shooting war in the Bonato family. Uh, the side I was with killed three different people uh, on the on the opposition. I got the contract to kill a guy that didn't uh, didn't show for the meeting where the other three got killed. Uh, <clears throat> So now, it, you know, it basically was a shooting war. And this is the first time I ever carried a gun in, in, in the operation when Sonny Black gave it to me. Uh, I never carried a weapon. 
uh, carried a knife, but I never carried a gun because, again, wise guys, you know, mafia guys on a daily basis in the United States don't carry, you know, don't walk around packing, unlike guys that, you know, that you infiltrated. So, again, know your enemy. Once his true identity became known, a murder contract was placed on Joe's head. It was only called off after legendary mob figure Paul Castellano stood down the proposed murder. Not because he cared if Joe was killed, but because it was bad for mafia business. And then the mafia put a $500,000 contract down on me. Uh, I, I, I do have to say the Bureau, you know, one thing about the FBI, they take care of their, you know, back then anyway. Uh, they, they take care of the, the, uh, their own when, you know, when criminal groups, uh, threaten, threaten an agent, uh, back at the, back in the day, you know, uh, the, the bureau went after them. What happened was, is that when, when the, we got word of the contract, the FBI went to every, every boss and, and laid the law down, you know, uh, <clears throat> And at that time, Paulie was, you know, was the boss of the Gambinos. And, uh, yeah, you know, he doesn't want, he doesn't want that much scrutiny on him, uh, on all the families. Uh, but he, he, as you know, you know, there's people in the families that, you know, that, that they're not going to heed it because they're, uh, they're just too ingrained. When a crime syndicate orders your murder, the organization itself may issue marching orders to call it off. But Joe understands that no one can ever control the wild card member wanting to make a name for himself. It's the guy that, that wants to make his bones that says, hey, you know, I killed Donnie Brasco or I killed Jay Dobbins, you know, uh, not realizing that in the end they're going to be ostracized, you know, because, you know, the level-headed thinkers that that realize that this is going to bring more heat on us uh, on all our other operations. Uh, it's not it's not good for business. The after-action desire to see Joe murdered was in his first encounter with life and death. While in role as Donnie Brasco, Joe was on the brink of being killed. Confronted with being murdered, only his skill allowed him to escape. You know, it goes back to those two guys in the Columbos that I mentioned. Uh, <clears throat> That uh, you know, for various reasons, that they uh, they called to sit down. Uh, and we go into the room. Back, you know, they lock the door. They put a gun on the table, and say, you know, Donnie, you know, if you don't convince us that you're really, you know, a great thief, blah 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 blah, you're only going. Uh, the only way you're going out of this room is rolled up in that rug. And, you know, that's a four and a half hour conversation, four and a half, five hour conversation in that room, you know. Uh, but, you know, again, Jay, you know, you know, a lot of guys can do undercover. It, there's very few of us that can do long term, deep undercover. Uh, and, you know, you in, in in these conversations in these situations, you always want to be on the defense. You know, you don't want to go on the offense. So you have to know how to, you know, how to handle your conversation, how to talk, how to you know, uh, how to throw it back at them. 
And finally, you know, like after four and a half, five hours, the, 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 the main guy, you know, said, Hey, this is, you know, uh, this thing is over and, you know, uh, there'll be no more. I asked Joe what character trait he held that ultimately allowed him to survive. I think, Jay, it's, it, it's, it's the fact of being able to read people. Uh, maintaining maintaining your your cool, uh, not getting not getting excited over you know over some stuff that you can't you know you can't control. Uh, it's just your demeanor, you know, uh, your disinterest maybe in in, in different things. Uh, but just keeping cool under under these types of situations, under the under the pressures, you know, and and uh, knowing you know knowing yourself, knowing what you can and can't do. Faith plays a large role in Joe's life, and he relied on those beliefs while he was undercover. I I, I am a Catholic. I do I do uh, I do attend church regularly. Uh, I, I I attended church whenever I could when I was working undercover, uh, and uh, I I always believed that uh, that uh, whatever was going to happen was going to happen, and you know as long as I controlled what I could control, you know uh, my faith was going to take care of everything else. So it, it like I say it it played a it played a big role. Uh, again, because I was, you know, whenever I could, whenever I could uh, attend mass, I did, uh, and I believed in that. Uh, if I was uh, doing what doing what I thought was right and what was right, that I was going to be looked out for. The books and movies that portray Joe have created a misunderstood image of him. I'm kind of a homebody, uh, Jay. <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I never went out, you know, I never, I never really went out drinking with the guys, uh, never hung out in bars, uh, I, I worked in bars, my dad ran bars, uh, uh, so, you know, I, you know, uh, everybody, you know, got, when I first came out, everybody got the impression that, uh, that I liked, you know. I like bouncing around, and uh, and that that's that's just not. Uh, I'm just the opposite. I'm I'm kind of quiet, really laid back, quiet. Joe's accomplishments as an undercover operative are unprecedented. For over forty years, what Joe and his team accomplished have stood the test of time. But his contributions don't end there. Of course, I'm proud of you know the fact that I that I infiltrated the mafia. Uh, got to the point that uh, I was going to be inducted into a mafia family, uh, and that uh, we, our case was the, our case was you know, was the uh, the catalyst for all the mafia cases that followed. I mean, we were the beginning of the, of the takedown of the American mafia to to be in another 
just another organized crime group. Uh, and aside from that, uh, one of the things I'm proud of is that uh, I was able to establish within the FBI a, uh, uh, a unit that looks out for the well-being of undercover agents and their families. Uh, and, you know, if, if I didn't have the notoriety that I did, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh, you know, because, you know, when you've got a little notoriety that, that's positive, people listen to you, you know. Uh, but that's one of the accomplishments that I'm that I'm really proud of as far as my FBI career that uh, I was able, you know, when I was... Uh, when I was at Quantico, teaching at Quantico, that I was able to establish that unit. Joe is blunt about a single regret. I didn't pull more people away. <laughs> I mean, that may sound weird, but I think that uh, I probably, you know, I, look, uh, I think what I think what we did, what we did was incredible. I don't know that, it, you know, uh, in our lifetime, if it'll ever be accomplished again, as far as uh, dismantling a major, major criminal organization at, at, as we did, uh, where we brought the mafia just to, you know, you know, in the United States anyway, it's just, it's just another criminal organization. It doesn't run the country like it once did. Joe has a lesson learned that he applies to undercover work, but it goes far beyond that. It applies to life. Well, the lessons learned is don't say can't. You know, I I always got a kick out of when when we bring something up and they say, well, you can't do that. Well, why can't you do it? Well, because you can't. It's never been done before. Well, if you got a good plan uh, and you got the right people, Jeff, uh, Jay, uh, with the right people and the right plan, there isn't. You know, I'm talking about undercover. There's any group you can't infiltrate. Uh, you know, I, I've gone against the, the Chinese. Uh, you know, uh, different different ethnic groups. If 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 you got the right plan, you got the right undercover. You can do it. You can do it. And uh, you know, can't is a you know that's for the that's for the guys that that are lazy and don't want to do it. Basically, Joe's book Donnie Brasco: My Undercover Life in the Mafia has been a bestseller since it was released in 1985. The film version, starring Johnny Depp as Joe and Al Pacino as Lefty, is an iconic piece of work in both art and in American history. Joe has multiple other books that he has written and co-written. All you need to do is Google his name and your search will populate with dozens of reading options. A new Donnie Brasco novel will be available on audio in late October. Joe has made a name for himself in Hollywood as a producer and consultant. His show, Deep Undercover, where Joe serves as the host, is widely popular and currently can be seen on Netflix. He is presently developing a new cold case investigation show for television. Joe offers expert lectures on organized crime and undercover work, both domestically and internationally. Joe Pistone, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco, is truly a piece of Americana.
Copland is produced for those courageous men and women whose alarm clock goes off every day. They put their feet on the ground, buckle on gear, and kiss their families goodbye with no guarantee they will ever come home. They go willingly, facing predators and violence on behalf of good and innocent people who simply want to live safe, peaceful lives. Thank you for listening. God bless and go be amazing.